You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You know, it never stops, does it? All the things that you're going through these days. All of us go through things. I received a text today, not from one of our members, but the lives of these people have been permanently destroyed today. Permanently. I just weep for them. I've known them for years. It will never be the same. Oh, God, and give grace. But their hearts literally tonight won't sleep. They're shattered. It's, it, it's, just, it's just so sad. I, I received a conversation from a dear pastor who might be watching right now. Yesterday, the whole world caved in on them. And another one that's perhaps watching in a large church. Not a sin on his part, but just what he had to face today. Everybody faces things. What you face might be much greater than what, what I face. But there's not such a thing any longer as a day that goes by without sorrow. There's not such a thing. There's not such a thing as a day without disappointment and reversals. And we have to deal with it. These are the days that we need to put strength into our arsenal. These are the days that we might need to get ready for darker days, and yet brighter days are coming. I like, Brother Cooper, what you said a few weeks ago. This is the worst it's ever going to get for a Christian. It's only better from here on out. We get to heaven. We don't ever go to hell. If we're saved, we go to heaven. And you know, some of you have already given up hope. Because you think we're in the middle of the tribulation. We're not. God's going to take us out of here before the middle of the tribulation. But let me remind you that those people that lived under the regime of Hitler must have thought it was the end too. And yet after Hitler's demise and after he committed suicide in that underground bunker, uh, guess what? Uh, Germany experienced in time freedom again. And Stalin, he had the hand around those people's necks, but they later experienced freedom. And Mussolini, he had his hand around those, those uh, 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 dear Italians and it looked like no hope, but they have an economy today. Life's going to go on. God can turn this whole thing around. There still may be a nationwide and a worldwide revival. I'm not giving up on it. I believe God is able. The Spanish flu was much greater than this. World War I was much greater than this. And World War II was greater than this. And the Dust Bowl was greater than this. And the stock market in 1929 and the collapse over the next 10 years was greater than this. I want you to know, stop thinking this is the worst moment in world history. Say that these three chapters, we were going to be again there this morning, chapter 37. And then 38, 39, and 40, David is so distraught. Just so distraught. In fact, let's back it up to chapter 38. Let me show you what David is so distraught. He said in chapter 38, verse 2, thine arrows stick fast in me. 
Thy hand presseth me sore. There's no soundness in my flesh because of thy anger, and there's no rest in my bones because of my sin. And mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. Uh, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. There's no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I've roared for reason of the disquietness of my heart. My heart, verse 10, panteth. My strength faileth me. How about verse 22? Make haste. Help me, O God, my salvation. Chapter 39. My heart, verse 3, was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned, and I spake with my tongue, Lord, make me to know my end. I just want to die. Let me, let me get out of here. And measure my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Verse 12, hear my prayer. O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears. Oh, spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. And this seems like here in chapter 40, there's going to be a little bit of change. We go back to 37. In 37, chapter 37, fret night thyself because of evildoers. They shall soon be cut off. Three times in this text, he talks about being cut off. They're cut, these evildoers are, verse 9, are cut off. We find that they're cut off in verse 34. Verse number 9, the evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Here was a broken man. If I was preaching this morning, I was going to preach on verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Yes, I'm ashamed to tell you, I go through very low moments like you do. I believe I'm living on the winning side, and I have hope in God. But these 500 days of COVID plus are wearing on all of us, pastor and people alike. And when that situation is going on, that almost feels like nothing to this situation over here and this situation over here and this over here. It's just constant. As we see the day approaching, you're going to have burdens. You're going to have betrayals. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have tears. You're going to have to say, I'm just so feeble. I'd like to get to the end of this thing. Oh, the end of the thing where I get to go to be with Jesus in heaven. You might be going through that. Wait a minute. God has not designed that for you and I yet. He has something for you to do. He has something for me to do. So we get to chapter 40. And as we get to chapter 40, I find that we come to verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He climbed unto me and heard my cry. I want to talk about this man, David. And the subject tonight is, what do you do in adversity? What do you do in adversity? I don't know how all this thing is going to play out. 
I don't know what is going to happen with the liberal politics and the control of government, and it seems like the plan of collapsing freedom in the American way. But really, I would spend a lot of time thinking on that if I were you. I would think about how my journey can please God. When we get our eyes on the journey that's so hard and so difficult and so many setbacks, you'll get discouraged every time. God knows it's true. I try to protect so much my spirit. It's not wrong for you to watch the news. But for five, for, for 365 days now this week, I haven't watched it. I can't. Not because I'm a good Christian. It wears me out. It discourages me. You're not wrong. I've not watched a sporting event since they started kneeling a few years ago. I'm not for that. I don't, want to, I don't want to endorse any. Now, you can watch the football games and the basketball games and the brackets. And, oh, I, that's up to you. I'm not talking what you need to do. I'm telling what I have to do. Not, again, because I'm a good Christian. I just can't let my spirit be, be destroyed from without. It's hard enough keeping it right. I'm trying to watch it very carefully. I'm trying to confess my sins moment by moment as things happen in life. I'm trying to, oh, dear God, help me there. Please help me. I'm so weak. And we get to 37, 30, 30, chapter 40, and, and David begins to talk about his adversity. And there are certain weapons in your arsenal tonight I want us to take with us. And I won't be long tonight. I want you to see when in adversity... We must learn to wait on God. Look at what he said, and he said in these other chapters as well, but verse 1 of chapter 40, I waited patiently. What is to wait patiently? It's to have expectation. It's to have expectation that it's going to be okay. When we wait on God, too often we get so, so agitated but God says when we wait, we have the expectation that, and we're confident that God can do anything but fail. God is bigger than your pastor, and God is bigger than this church, and God is bigger than the President of the United States. God said, I want you to wait. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You're going to have to have strength. I'm going to have to have strength this week. How do we get strength? We wait. We're still before God. Be still and know that I'm God. Stop flapping the jaws and stop trying to figure it out. Wait on God. God has a plan. He always does. The thought just came across my mind. How 30-some years ago, Brother Sly, you were in the military. I guess you're getting out 30, how many years ago? 30, you can't remember. Go back to sleep, Brother Sly. 34, 35 years ago. You know, they just got married and they were just young kids. And, and I just knew, I just knew that God wanted Fred Sly here. Sandy's from Los Angeles area, and, and, and Fred is from San Diego. And yet I knew that God wanted him here. And I was trying to figure out his future with the Air Force and going back home to San Diego and 
what he's going to do. And, and I'd pray, and he was praying. He was honestly seeking God. I don't know all that was going on in his mind. Maybe I'll, I'll go back down south, or I'll, I'll go there, I'll stay here, I'm going to go there. I don't know all, but it wasn't a rushed decision. God, in that illustration, was teaching me to wait with expectation. Do you know that, that I, I waited, I didn't offer him a job. And by the way, when he finally came on, he came on as the janitor. And then our hearts were so broken because of another injury that took place in back surgery. We could continue to have him on staff here. He had to change and move to another, another area. And I didn't have that area. But God was preparing him. And for a couple of years, he went into business. And he learned finance. And then the time came 20-some years ago, I'm going to guess, where he became the director of the finance of this church. You know, God was orchestrating this. That is the man, not your pastor. That is the man that had the plan to figure out how to go from 16.5 million to 2.7 million in debt. And we're a year ahead of time, and we're going to get out of it very shortly. That's the man. God did it through him. And one day, Brother Sly came in the old building and said, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do for a living. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need a job. I don't have any leads. But he said, I know, I know that God wants me to stay here at North Valley Baptist Church. I came to the assurance of my salvation. I know this is the place. I said, are you sure? He goes, I'm positive. God wants us to stay. I said, can I offer you a job? I knew I wanted to. And little did I know that he'd become such a faithful friend and such a dedicated friend and so capable in the area of guiding our church, guiding our church through COVID, and guiding our church through all the different things that we have to do all the time daily around here. You know, that's what God says. I want you to wait. Waiting means not biting your fingernails. Waiting means not getting angry with God. Waiting, it means not getting angry with people. But when you wait on God, they that wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength. We're too agitated. We're too all wound up. I don't know if Facebook or internet or whatever you call it, the social media has done it. But we're just not willing, I don't think, to wait on God. Just wait. I could give you illustrations of this great church and God's people. I see many of you up here that have been here for so many years. You can give illustrations, whether it's this building or the buildings on this property or this property or what we did over at the other property. It's filled with people tonight over there because God saw a people that would wait on him. May I challenge you this week? Just wait. Be still. Expectation that God's going to take care of it. So David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined his ear, he inclined unto me, and I heard my cry. God has a timetable. While you're in adversity, wait on God. While in adversity, number one, what do we say? Wait on God. While in adversity, what are we going to do? Wait on God. Secondly, we're going to sing to God. Notice what he said. Verse 3. He hath put a new song in my mouth. This is the man that said, I'm so feeble, I'm so troubled, I'm so weak. When's my end? When's this going to get over? And now he says, he hath put a new song in my mouth. 
even praise unto our God. Sometimes if you found this, and I love to sing to the Lord, sometimes I'm so overwhelmed, I say, God, I don't have a song. I know I'm supposed to have a song. I want to have a song, but I don't feel like singing, and I have nothing to sing. And you know, it's an amazing thing what God would do. It's an amazing thing how God, the other day, I, I said, I don't have a song. And, and, and on the radio, Brother Moy, I heard, till the storm passes over. And God called my heart in the storm of life. You know what? One of the great things Christians could do to learn to sing. Sing by yourself and sing unto the Lord and sing in the car and sing at the house and sing out wherever you go, walk on the trails and go to the cemetery. I love to go to the cemetery and sing to God. Uh, husbands and wives sing and children sing and family Bible time. Amen, amen, amen. Sing. I counted in elementary school this week. And I counted high school this week. I said, how many of you right now are taking an instrument? I think it's right at 150 kids are taking instruments, let alone those that are learning how to play the radio. But nonetheless, all taking trumpets and violins and, and, and piano and all these different instruments and guitar and stringed instruments. And it's a woodwinds. It's an amazing thing. That's an expression we can give praise to God. Music's found almost 600 times in the Bible. Music's found in the book of Revelation. In heaven, we'll be singing praise to God. Well, let's get started here. In my arsenal this week, I need to wait on God. I need to sing to God. I need to trust in God. Look at what it says in verse 4. Blessed is a man that maketh the Lord his trust. You see that word trust in verse number 3. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Old Testament 152 times is the same word in the New Testament as the word faith. They're synonymous words. So in the Old Testament, when I'm reading of trust, I'm reading in faith, about faith. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Faith in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So when I have faith, when I have trust in God, trust and faith is believing without seeing. I don't see how God's going to take care of this adversity and this adversity and this. I don't see it. But I have faith to believe that God can handle it. I'm going to trust him that he can handle it. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. One, I'm going to wait upon the Lord. Two, this week I'm going to sing unto the Lord. Three, I'm going to trust in the Lord. Four, I'm going to think about my Lord. Verse five, many, O Lord, are my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. That's what November starting tomorrow is all about. 30 days of giving thanks to God. Thanksgiving, giving thanks. If you don't think, you won't thank. I want to spend a life this next 30 days every day trying to thank God in every ministry I'm part of, thanking God. And the bus meeting Saturday, I want us to take some time with Brother Flood and thank God for who he is and what he is. 
thank God. How am I going to thank him when I think of his works? When I consider the works of thy hands, the sun, the moon, the stars. I'm going to try to see the moon this week. I'm going to try to see some stars this week. I'm going to try to see that sunrise this week. I'm going to try to see the sunset this week. I'm going to try to, uh, to, to, to listen to the birds sing this week. I'm going to try to count my blessings, name them one by one, and it's going to surprise you what the Lord has done. Stop counting the hardship and the difficulty and how bad it is for you, and nobody's ever had it as bad as you had. When I went to camp, I went to camp in 1960, and I learned this song, Nobody Loves Me, Everybody Hates Me. I'm going to go eat some worms. Big, fat, juicy ones, long, skinny, slimy ones, itsy-bitsy, fuzzy-wuzzy worms, put on the plate for $2.98 at Gene's Cafe today, at your cafe. You know, if we're not careful, we fail to remember that nearly 100 million martyrs that were burned at the stake, that had their heads severed from the body, they would tie them together, a father, a mother, their children, because they were Christians. They'd walk them to a pier, and there was a, a crowd of them all tied together, and they'd get them to the edge of the pier, and then they'd begin to push them off, and one by one, the roads outside of Rome, they'd take the heads and would stick their heads on pickets, fences, and stick their heads on there. The catacombs underneath Rome to this day are the bones of Christian saints that were martyred. All the disciples were either, well, one had his bones, his, his legs, his, his legs tied to this oxen and his arms tied to this. And then they, they, they pulled the oxen away. Both oxen went there and they pulled the arms right off their bodies. And they crucified Peter upside down. He said, I'm not worthy to die as my Lord died. And they cut off their heads and they flayed them alive. And they took John and he wrote the book of Revelation and boiled him in a cauldron and oil. And then they exiled him and he wrote that book of Revelation to you and I. I want to say, friend, stop telling me how bad you have it. We're not martyrs. Stop telling me how bad you had for those people that tried to get the Bible printed for us and they gave their, ask Adoniram Judson what it was like. Ask John Bunyan what it was like as he sat in that prison and rotted. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try this week to think of my blessed Redeemer. I want to think of him all the day long. I want to sing for I cannot be sad. One, I'm going to wait patiently by his grace for him. Two, I'm going to sing unto him. Three, I want to do my very best to trust in him. Four, I want to think about him. Number five, verse eight, I delight to do thy will, oh my God. Thy law is within my heart. The will of God, I want to seek the will of God. Seek means to earnestly go after, to endeavor I want to seek God's will for my life every day. And lastly, and I close, I'm going to seek to get help from God. Chapter 40, verse 13. Be pleased, Lord, to deliver me. 
Make haste to help me. Verse 17, I'm poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me, thou art my help. When I was in college, for the first time in my life, I really tried to be a good student. Never tried in school to be a good student. Never liked school. Never liked high school. I liked to go to work, and so my senior year, I'd go to one class, and then about 9.30 in the morning, go to work. My junior year, I'd leave school about noon and go to work, work full-time jobs. I loved work. I hated school. But when I went to college, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to become a good student. When my mother was dying, she gave me a box, and in that box was all my report cards, including college. It's amazing I did become a good student. And I passed my subjects and did well. And I graduated with two minors and two majors in three and a half years. And I was motivated to learn. God put something in my heart. But you know, from time to time, I would do poorly on a quiz in a class. I'd always claim Psalm 12, verse 1. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. God, would you please help me? I'm not understanding this subject. I'm not understanding this situation. I've carried that verse from college which was 52 years ago. I've carried that verse when God gave it me into this ministry. God, help me. I'm going to cry out to him this week. I want you to. Here's what I want us to do. And I'll be done because it feels like the air conditioning shut off. Don't turn it on, whatever's going on here. But I want to, I want to wait on God. I want to sing to God. I want to trust in God. I want to think about God. Now you're amen because you're getting out of here. I want, to think, I want to seek the will of God for my life. And I want to get help from God. So this week, I'm going to ask you to make good decisions. Make godly decisions. You don't need to turn there, but in our psalm book, it's on 419, be not dismayed. Whatever be tight, God, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God, God's going to take care of us, folks. He will. God hasn't slipped up on us. He, he sees. He knows. That song was written in 1904. A preacher in Chicago, he and his wife would go out and They'd lead music and sing, and he'd preach, and they were out all the time in churches, particularly on Sunday. And this weekend, his wife could not go with them. I don't remember what it was, if she was sick, but for some reason, she could not go. And he said, honey, I, I feel like I need to go. And she goes, I feel like you do too. And he said, I can tell you this, that you can rest assured that God's going to take care of you. And she said, and you too. God's going to take care of you. Well, he left to go preach that Sunday. She wrote the words of that song, 419, Be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you. 
when he came home, she said, honey, look what I wrote. And he went to a piano and began to play the song that God put on his heart with those words. And together they wrote that great song and God's going to take student in elementary and high school and in college, God will take care of you. Widow, widower, God's going to take care of you. Single adult, God's going to take care of you. You that are going through such adversity tonight, God will take care of you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.